Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Up podcast. This episode, I am chatting with a friend, Drea, and uh, we got some news on kind of direction we're traveling down, but also just wanted to touch base as a team here together again and talk about what's coming up, some opportunities she has, as well as tags and draws, 3D season, alpha bow hunting challenge, and a little screw up CPW had. So, Drea. How are things going? How's your summer? Things are going good. <laughs> things are going good. Um, a lot on the plate, kind of one of those times in life where some changes have happened and just rolling with the punches, trying to trust the process. Um, got a lot going on with Ridge Patrol. It's a women's camo clothing line, which we just launched a week ago. And so that's kind of the direction that I'm moving towards right now is really focusing on building up that brand okay um, we'll, we'll come back a lot more into- yeah we'll we'll co- come let's come back to that that's a cool. a good one i want to save some good conversation for but you've been doing a lot of fly uh-huh. fishing i see i have it's been a lot of fun <laughs> uh, a lot of fun very humbling last night i was getting to the point of learning now i'm on to like drake's figuring out how to really get that picturesque look of keeping that drake dry and getting it lined up to land on the water so haven't caught a lot of fish in the past few times getting out i think it's just kind of uh that time of year water's been pretty dirty with all the rain we've been getting here but pretty cool i never realized how zen fly fishing is and it is really addicting so i'm excited to to start doing that start floating some more rivers and fishing some different rivers and hopefully accessing some national forests as well by doing that yeah, I bet. Besides the water temperature being a little higher than normal than it should be, what's safe for the trout in Colorado, now is kind of the time where fishing's good and a lot of times catch some, some good-sized fish, right? Yeah, the fish that I have caught actually have, for the majority, been some really good-sized fish. I was telling Cam yesterday I got lucky learning how to fly fish on the Elk River up in Steamboat because that is a private river where the fish don't get uh, fished very often. So they're not pressured. And so first, first like week of fly fishing, I was catching beautiful big fish, like one after the other. And then you get out to like the Colorado and the Roaring Fork river where it's just pressured that much more and the fish are that much smarter. Um, but yeah, 
I've caught some good sized ones, some little ones. Netted my first fish the other day. That felt nice to be able to do it all on my own. I went out all by myself and, and got it done. So I slightly know what I'm doing, but it's always fun to learn something new. And yeah. it's a plus that it's in the outdoors and it's right on the water. So. Yeah. One of my biggest aha moments in fly fishing was just last year. I've had a lot of scenarios where hook and fish and they throw the hook. Hook and fish throw on the hook. It's the most frustrating thing. It's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how you keep these fish in the line. I'm keeping the line tight. Like, the line's tight. I don't know what else to do. And my buddy Ivan Perrin, I did an episode with him a long time ago. Uh, he gave me a tip. It, we went out and floated. And he said, that rod is nine and a half foot long for a reason. It is a shock a shock absorber for all of those flips and kicks that this fish is doing. So making sure that rod tip is up in the air so that it can do the absorption and you don't have to keep up with that fish as it jumps out of the water. And then as soon as I did that, I don't think I lost a fish. Like they all stayed on. Uh, So that was a huge, huge tip. And then on, on Mm -hmm. top of that, I had um, the, uh, I don't know. Maybe I was just getting warmed up that day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember what I was even yeah, going to say. Right? <laughs> but yeah, that was such a really, really good tip for me. And, and I guess I haven't even fly fished much since then. There's a lot of fly fishing in the Black Hills here, but it's so different. It's not big river stuff. There's not big creeks. Yeah. Uh, they're, it's a lot smaller and and still water stuff. So been really enjoying really getting back into, back into warm water fishing and catching bluegills and crappie and sunfish with with my kid that's kind of my main fishing goals right now yeah so you guys caught some on father's day yeah yeah and i'm gonna mm-hmm. think or try to get out uh um we need to get out this weekend for sure there's a beautiful beautiful lake just 10 minutes from my house that that has uh it's got salmon in there too so i gotta mess around with that someday oh. but there's yeah. uh yeah all kinds of trout but little teeny green sunfish and bluegills and really trying to focus on just catching fish with him. So that'd be fun. Yeah. It's a good, good, good thing to do with him. Good way to spend time. Yeah. So let's talk uh, Colorado a little bit. Um, I don't know if anyone got the, when you sign up for newsletters and emails, uh, I don't want to draw too terrible much attention to this, which I guess I'm doing by talking about it. Uh, but, this is a giant screw up. Uh, CPW sent out an email of a paraglider who had a fatal accident and they sent the picture of the paraglider all tied up in his stuff. No way. No, I'm dead serious. And it's a picture of him and there's even a caption. So, I mean, I know we've done a lot of episodes with CPW and their regional communicational guys. We've been doing it with Randy in the Northwest. Well, this is the Southeast guy that did this. He posted that. It's like, I, I, I've got a buddy that, that did that sort of stuff, the hunter education and all those fatal videos, the horrible, horrible ones where there's hunting accidents and there's pictures of it. Cause they have to have to take pictures. They, uh, those files are locked. Like you have to, you don't have access to those. Like that every day, Joe blow with Colorado parks and wildlife or game department doesn't have access to those fatal images for a good reason. And somehow they attached it to a newsletter and had a caption to it. So I just thought that was poor, 
poor. <laughs> Why don't you edit it? Um, and then they sent out a following email saying, kill this picture, send it, you know, drop it. It's already out. So, um, yeah, too try- late now. Yeah, too late now. So, but one thing our, our agency does here in South Dakota is they send the newsletters to all the employees saying, hey, this is going out in the next, I don't remember, 4, 8, 12, 24 hours, saying, mm-hmm. hey, this is going out just so you can make sure there's no stupid mess ups like this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know what this guy was thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's more to it. Maybe he just dropped a file in and, and it doesn't show the image. But even the captions just says guys tangled up and whatever else. So that was yeah. that was messed up and I'm sure there's a lawsuit coming for sure. But I'm sure anyone yeah, looking for it No, and yeah. the, I just think of the family how upset the the family would be. Mm-hmm. Um Absolutely. Uh, that's just so disrespectful for that that family. So uh, if anyone knows of them, um, that's a sad deal. So, mm-hmm. but wish yeah. wish they hadn't done that to to that family. So, but anyway, I like to think that was, like to think that was uh, a mess up on some sort. You would think EPW would be a little bit more professional and about that situation. So, yeah, they're going to be covering their tracks, and I'm sure mm-hmm. there's going to be a job opening in the Southeast Communications <laughs> area. <laughs> Open, guys. Yeah, there should be. There should be in it. Yeah. But that's not, not cool. Not right to be doing that. So, uh, we don't want to harp on agencies because that's the one thing I, I'm kind of going against my, uh, what I've set here is standards for the podcast, mm-hmm. supporting the agencies. I do support the agencies. I work for a different agency. Uh, and, and we really focus on making sure every step of everything we're doing is good. <laughs> like mm-hmm. make just covering our tracks. And, um, yeah, it's just, that's one area that in our digital age of, we can really screw things up really quick. Um, you especially looking at filming your hunts and, um, me, both of us posting pictures of whatever we're doing out. We're mm-hmm. not, not just because, we believe in our morals and our ethics and making sure we're good, making good lawful decisions. Uh, but even those accidents, like I'm really making sure cause I don't want to put the wrong thing out there and people see that and like, Oh, this guy's a horrible person Yeah, because there are those people in, in the industry that have had that. Yeah. I think it's not even just people in the industry, but anyone who is out there hunting and has a camera in their hand and is taking a photo stuff they capture out there is a representation of hunters today. Oh, I'm so, so glad you I said that. Thing to be so, so mindful about is anytime you have a camera, like I said, whether you are putting it online or you're not, you are representing hunters as a whole. And I think people kind of forget about that. Um, I'm really glad you said that. Definitely a line that. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's, that's definitely something that you see people that shoot a squirrel with an, a bow and arrow and you're holding the, the bloody squirrel there, um, mm-hmm. with, or, or it's like a close up of the arrow in the squirrel's head. I, I've seen that. It's like, come on, did that do anybody any good? Um, exactly. much better to hold like, like your picture, your grouse and your arrow. It's like, that's a really cool picture. There's no real blood in it. It's like, it's just a grouse and you holding your arrow. Mm-hmm. And 
um, it's nice and clean. I mean, you can do the same sort of thing, show off your, uh, mm-hmm. to your friends and family of, Hey, I got this squirrel and that's really neat, but yep. does it have to be a close up of the broadhead, like sticking through the skull or something exactly. that that's just ammo for the opposite. Mm-hmm. And as we see, uh, our rights and privileges just stripped away mm-hmm. on a weekly basis or a monthly basis of looking at New Mexico and how they just lost trapping on all public land across the state, millions of acres just gone. That's such a huge loss and for, for sportsmen. So it's uh, trapping today, which a lot of, a lot of, especially new hunters really don't care too much about. It's trapping today. Mm-hmm. It's bow hunting tomorrow. It's uh mm-hmm. predator hunting the next day. So or predator hunting first <laughs> actually. Um, and, and mm-hmm. so on. So, um, yeah, well, you and I are pretty cautious about what we put online or even take pictures of. So I, yeah, I think uh, anybody that's not even on Facebook but just sends pictures out should follow that similar similar thought process of watch what you take pictures of. I know we see it, and nature is is uh, you look at nature is metal. Um, their Instagram that's not human included. It's all that raw, nasty nature stuff that is. Mm-hmm just happening and that's one thing that's totally different but if you add in the human element to that oh you're gonna you're gonna get us all in trouble you're gonna get things get things taken away and it's not it's not that we don't want to explain or 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 have that take that rawness out of it it's just that it's taken out of context and people don't understand where you are a part of that that killing of the animal there's a lot more to it than that one snapshot of the bloody whatever. I mean, there's so much Mm -hmm. more into that, that that you've experienced been a part of that can't be included in that picture, if that makes any sense. So yeah, there's already such a big disconnect between hunters and non hunters. And I, you know, obviously if you have a photo like that, like with the, the squirrel and the arrow and the head, we need to bridge that gap. We need to be the gray people, add that gray to there and show everyone it's not, we're not bloodthirsty killers. This is what we do. We, um, as a society, and I feel like it's really starting to take a turn towards the more positive now with all the platforms out there, all the social media, but they're, you know, granted we're human. There's always unfortunately going to be those people that will be posting that. But if we can all do our part to bridge that gap, between that stigma of hunters and non-hunters. And one of those ways is by, you know, you shoot an animal, you, I personally, like when I was dieting and, you know, my client would get an elk or a deer is we wipe the blood off the wound. We lay it there nicely. And because we care for that animal and we want to have it in a photo where it looks. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. It's like preserved almost, not, you know blood everywhere, dust everywhere, um, wounds and whatnot. So we can go on and on, I'm sure, about that. But oh, it's yeah. our part to, to bridge that gap. 
yeah. fill in that gray area and show people, you know, that we actually respect and love these animals more than they do. And for those, those, there is that argument of people saying, oh, I don't really care what other people think. But that's kind of the older school, like mm-hmm. people from the 60s, 70s, where the hunting community was not as attacked. So mm-hmm. those adjustments need to be made where you probably should care a little bit about, if you care about hunting, you should care just a little bit about what those people are seeing and thinking. And if we can have mm-hmm. control of that, then there's one step to uh, preserving this. Cause I don't think there's a hunter out there that would disagree. We want this around for our kids and our grandkids. So mm-hmm. because you don't care what other people think, if that's hurting that, then uh, maybe that's one thing you can do to stop that, to, to progress a little further and allow, allow this to be around for those kids. Exactly. So anyway, this wasn't even on our agenda, but the, uh, <laughs> um, well, I love podcasting. Yeah. So we've gotten some draw results out. Uh, just got an email today about one I was successful about and, um, got a little bit more plans than last time we talked, uh, because we know what those draw results are for the most part. So any development in your, your fall? Yeah, I'm going to have a busy fall. I'm going to do an over-the-counter antelope tag, which will go on sale that first week in August. And then I have a unit for deer. That includes a couple other units as well. So I've got a deer tag. I'm going to do an over-the-counter black bear tag. And then I have a elk tag as well. So I've got four archery tags, which I'm super stoked about. A month and a, ha- a, month and a half of living out of the wall pen and, and hunting. So super excited. My big focus this year is I really want to find a nice muley. I know where the elk are, this area that I've hunted elk in the last six years, pretty much have them dialed in as to where they are with how the season goes and how hunters come in and when the rut picks in, where the water holes are. So feel pretty confident on the elk area. But I'm really excited to get some trail cameras out and start getting some scouting in and trying to find a nice muley, watch it grow throughout the summer. And hopefully they'll be in the same area come hunting season. And that's kind of my, my big focus is that muley. Obviously the antelope tag is new too. I've never hunted antelope either. So that will be a lot of fun. Um, I've heard horror stories of <laughs> trying to pursue those things. If you you don't have water or like a decoy, I'm going to, I am going to get one of those predator decoys. And so that hopefully will make it a little bit easier. Yeah. As long as you hit them in that time when they're, wanted to chase things mm-hmm. off. I, I couldn't believe mm-hmm. it. As soon as you got within, I, it all depends like what that animal's feeling, the buck's feeling. But uh, I think I was only within 450 yards and I had put that decoy up multiple times. And mm-hmm. I think what worked the last time is to kind of put it up and then put it down. So he kind of lost track instead mm-hmm. of him just knowing he's always right there. And yeah. one of the times I put it up, then he came barreling in and it was only suddenly a, a change of plan on his part of, I'm going to chase him off. So mm-hmm. that was perfect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So hopefully you get to experience that when they want to come run you off. Cause that is so cool. A lot of those yeah. though do end up being, um, just kind of like elk as they're, you're calling them directly to you if you're solo hunting. A lot of those are frontal shots, so hope, hopefully you can 
yeah, hopefully they turn or give you something or it's close enough for a frontal shot because that's not, not a bad way to go. Yeah, it's uh, also not a, a huge target. So Yeah, they're small. Shot, 60 yards, I'm I'm definitely not taking, but 40 and under. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Been shooting a lot. Got total archer challenge and also coming up. So went out the other day and shot 50 to 70 and was hitting – you know, three inch circle felt pretty good about it. So awesome. Yeah. We've got, it's 3d season. Uh, we're hosting Mm -hmm. a 3d shoot at work. So if anybody's in rapid city area, July 10th, uh, we'll be doing a a 3d shoot there. It's free shoot and going to have, uh, some giveaways as well, but not as big as alpha bow hunting. Alpha bow hunting challenge is a pretty sweet deal. And this is your first year, coming i'm I'm excited yeah i think i'm on year four or five somewhere in there of going to this Mm -hmm. thing and i really haven't missed a finals i've missed some of their qualifiers here and there but it's a it's pretty sweet sweet deal kind of a fun i'd say relaxing environment but then you're kind of exhausted at times because you got to go for a quick run and it ends up being 95 degrees sometimes so it's a little warm in uh littleton littleton no thornton colorado so Mm -hmm. uh but a really cool unique way to uh to get some practice in in a stressful environment the one thing i will say that does not help for hunting is it almost does train you to punch the trigger so some of these elevated uh, you got the pressure on you makes you want to punch that trigger. So it's, Mm -hmm. that's the only negative about stuff like this. I've heard, uh, John Dudley talk about that before, how guys will want to at the evening shoots or league shoots, you want to do like a moving target or like something that's like, you got to shoot instant instantaneously and you can't get your whole shot process up. He talks about that Mm -hmm. being like a, don't do that don't do that. Cause it's a, yeah. uh, you're going to start to punch. And this one for sure, man, exactly. I've seen guys that are brand new at it. They, they go and like swing and a miss sometimes swing and like punch that thing. It's like, Oh gosh, that was, that was a massive punch that I just saw 20 yards away. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but if you're, if you're practiced up and it's okay, now it's time to get put into a stressful situation and you can keep that in mind and work on all of those things to continue to have your shot process. It, uh, I, I think it does help. And if you're prepared and you know about that, so to continue, and that's all I thought about, uh, every year I do this actually the last two years, cause I had to flip the switch in there and thinking, okay, shot process, shot process, shot process, keeping yeah. it going. I'm not going to take a bad shot here. I uh, don't care what that other guy's doing. And, uh, cause you're yeah. going head to head and I'm going to make a good shot. Every single one's going to be a good shot. So keep that. There's, there's my, uh, <laughs> one piece of advice, shot process. <laughs> and don't even worry about the speed you're running, where the other guy's at, especially for the yeah. first round, you're going to maybe start thinking strategic strategy. Um, you get a mulligan. If you use that mulligan, there's some strategy in that. Uh, there's a lot of little gameplay that you can you can take into mm-hmm. consideration. So as we're sitting around underneath the tent, I'll, I'll tell you, tell you what I've kind of observed over, over the, the course of seeing these and 
being able to compete in the finals too, it, it, uh, it kind of a stressful environment and there is some, some gameplay in place. So it's a competitive outlet and people clearly get super competitive about it. And I, it's probably going to come out in me just because I am a competitive person. But when I've been training here, what I've been doing is, you know, I do like a sprint and when I get back, first thing I think is, all right, plant your feet two big breaths as like I'm grabbing my bow and putting my arrow on really focus on those breaths and just really focusing on my step-by-step placement, you know, pulling back, setting my anchor, that bubble level, you know, wait for that, uh, for the sight to just sizzle out there and steady for a second, you know, pull through the shot. So I've been trying to practice that with the training that I have been doing. And I think that will hopefully, carry me through yeah i'm not 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 going to win but if i do that'd be awesome (laughs) (laughs) yeah just stay calm i've watched um some of my really Mm -hmm. uh a really competitive friend who uh she she's just so competitive and intense that as she went in there it just was like you gotta calm down (laughs) just calm down Mm -hmm. you're building this up way too much and uh if you kind of have that feeling of, I just don't care sometimes that kind of works for me, uh, just Mm -hmm. as a calm down, calm down. I'm going to do my best, do my best, whatever happens after that happens. So keeps you out of your head. Yeah. Yeah. This is one where you can get in your head real easy for sure. Mm -hmm. So cool. Last night I was at Glenwood Springs outdoors and there was a guy down in the basement. He was like, were you at train to hunt? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, I totally recognize him. He's like, me too. You were there, you know. I was up at Powderhorn a few years ago, and it's like, yeah. So we started chatting, and we kind of chatted for a little bit. But I thought that was great. Still bumping into people from some of these different competitions that I've been in. Yeah, I don't think Train to Hunts like. I, I don't think they're going this year, and heard something about yeah. them kind of falling apart. I don't know. Which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, I think that happened last year with COVID. I think that kind of hit them hard. And I haven't heard or seen anything from them. So I'm assuming hmm. they're they're not running anymore. He pushed everybody too hard. <laughs> even my, Man, that it, was tough. Yeah, <laughs> even my buddy Jason is talking about how it's like this is and he's an he's an physical animal and, and yeah. just the uh insanity insanity that kind of goes with some of those what Mm -hmm. what he wanted them to all do in the finals was pretty insane and um it got almost to that adventure racer kind of level not not quite that because that's like 200 some miles of just running um Mm -hmm. but it, it was getting to some of that level of pushing your body so much that it kicked out a lot of the um, me's. I don't know about you, but it kicked. It would kick a lot. A lot of these average folks that that was like, I'm not gonna push myself for four hours. To I'm yeah. not interested. Yeah, exactly. That's the level of. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have trained the way I trained that spring and summer leading up to it. I would have not performed as well as I did. But I mean, I was I was raft guiding full time, so eight hours a day of pushing and carrying boats. And was usually getting like a workout, a small workout or some yoga in the morning. And then in the evenings, I would 
at least three days a week, I would go do like a weighted hike. So my everything was dialed in completely different for going into Alpha. Alpha, I'm just like, well, I I feel pretty strong. I feel good shooting. I'm just going to go, go play it out. But I remember looking at some of those people that trained to hunt and they, you know, hiking up that hill. Like there were people that it took them a good couple hours to get up that hill with, I believe the ladies had 50 pounds in our back and the guys had a hundred pounds in the back. But yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I was going to say with uh, your fall plans, I am muting out the uh, unit <laughs> and I'm going to mute that out again, uh, but the, yeah. your unit, uh, <laughs> yeah. right, marking that down. Yeah. So all of you listening to this, you're just hearing blank spots around what unit, just in case uh-huh. Drea comes upon yeah. a bunch of 200 inchers. Yeah. yeah. And just finds, exactly. yeah. finds out that whatever unit she talked about is uh, just a sleeper then you're <laughs> never gu- you're never going to know cuz you're going to want to post yeah, pictures exactly. of what you see so we're going to leave that mm-hmm. out um okay so you g- we've kind of added something made a kind of a change um our original plan in, in partnering up here was okay you got kind of a different audience you and I are just we're we're we've got a connection of hunting uh but we are different people and mm-hmm. different crowds and and uh um i'm almost kind of labeling it as i'm a little old school and you're a little new school um mm-hmm. if that's fair to say but the uh we thought man you could bring your audience i could bring my audience and then we're sweet we've got one big audience uh but maybe that didn't work i don't know uh so but and also you had some some things in life that kind of hitches like this is what I want to do here's my avenue and I think we found an option opportunity to allow that to expand and to be something that can be really impactful for people uh I don't want to say we you did um so you've got a idea and it is already rolling um as soon as we get this yeah as soon as the platforms kind of accept the new podcast that you have uh, of what's your wild, then, uh, it'll be out there. It's already out there on Podbean, but, uh, all the other platforms are kind of, it's a slow process. It takes a little bit. They got to prove, they got to do all this sort of thing. So tell us what, what we got going on. Absolutely. Um, so as Clint said, him and I are, uh, not necessarily recording on the same, uh, platform of Western hunting hub. I have created my own platform called what's your wild where I want to dabble a little bit more into the mental health aspects of nature. I have suffered some trauma when I was young and have been running around the woods ever since I was old enough to be outside. Nature has always been my connection. Moving to Colorado, becoming a hunting guide, and really dabbling in, I shouldn't say dabbling, but really setting that lifestyle of hunting more than just a couple weekends out of the year kind of got the the ball rolling my head spinning as to like what's my purpose here what are the things that I want to be doing with the rest of my life I definitely don't want to be working a Monday through Friday job so my idea behind what's your wild is it's going to be connected with Bridge Patrol which I talked about earlier it's a women's camel clothing line which we had just launched last week we are a week into our pre-sale we have one more week of our pre-sale of 20% off of your entire order it 
This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Uh, clothing made by women for women. It's great gear. I have been testing it out, bear hunting and turkey hunting and scouting and shed hunting, and I feel pretty competent in my judgment on the gear just because most of my time is spent out there. and um, So Ridge Patrol and What's Your Wild will be connected. It will be a podcast where, like I said, I'm going to be focusing a little bit more on mental health and how nature ultimately is the best healer. So whether you have suffered something in your life or you have found a personal, spiritual connection with nature, I'm just really excited to kind of broaden my listeners a little bit more yes i will still be talking about hunting quite a bit but i also want to kind of dabble a little bit more like i said into the mental aspects of that and i think it's something that doesn't get talked about enough and i think with society these days just as technology is going more people are spending more time inside in front of their tvs on playstation on their phones with their friends at the bar, whatever. And I just want to be that platform that gives people a little bit of hope if they have suffered something uh, PTSD-wise and they need like a safe space. I want my podcast to kind of be that safe space. And I'll still be interviewing people regarding hunting, and but I want to tell more, more hunting stories. And like I said, this will be connected with Ridge Patrol um, that clothing line, which we are launching. So give, uh, I know you've, you've mentioned a lot of different names over the course of the last six months. Um, companies, mm-hmm. your original, give us a quick breakdown of the organization, uh, and all the little pieces you're involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. just to clear that up. So we know kind of where, where you're at and what you have your hands in. Absolutely. Yeah. So, started doing the podcast with you kind of opened up my mind a little bit more as to like I really like talking with people on this platform and was really excited when you welcomed me on so that started rolling and I feel like that just kind of set the pace for me to be open to other opportunities and my good friend Bevan she's also my business partner she is the owner and the creator of Ridge Patrol she met me through Rocky Mountain Sportswomen, the nonprofit and steamboat that I was an ambassador for. She was looking for ladies to test out her clothing, the Ridge Patrol clothing, um, 
women of all sizes. I'm five one and fairly muscular, so I was like, oh, perfect. I'll go test out her gear. So went on over to her house and tried on the gear, and just we connected and started working with her through like some helping with social media and anytime she got a prototype in, I was her go-to person simply because I'm obsessed with being outside and that's just my lifestyle. So it was easy for me to just grab it and go out and do my thing and bring it back to her and kind of give her my, my, my take on that. Leading up to this, uh, she essentially asked me to come on as her business partner. And so it was just a lot of, a lot of just working together, putting my time in, trusting the process of like, all right, let's see where this goes. I wasn't making any money or anything, but I wanted to help in a way that I could, especially with the women representation in the hunting industry and the lack of apparel. And that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Uh, But she asked me to come on as her business partner and I put some good thought and process into it. I have always been what I would call a gypsy soul. I've, you know, moved around a lot. I haven't lived in a place for more than a year. I like opportunities and I take them and I go with them and spent a lot of time sitting on it and, you know, having like the big girl talk of if you do this, this is the real deal. Like you can't just bail after six months because another opportunity comes up and it just felt right. It felt good. And so signed over the paperwork and um, officially a part owner of Ridge Patrol and there's a lot of work starting up a company we were talking about it the other day we like I don't have any business experience luckily Bevan does but like I am completely learning something new and it's fun and scary and exciting and um, didn't realize how much of my time that would take up and started realizing that I can't necessarily do all these things and do them well I'm a perfectionist I like to give 110% in everything that I do. So now I'm in Glenwood Springs and just basically living as simple as I can. Um, not really working that much because all of my time right now is being dedicated towards Rich Patrol, making sure we're doing everything right, getting all the steps in place. And I'm really, really excited for this gear to come out. Like I said, we've got that one more week of pre-sale and then everything will just be... Uh, regular price then we're pretty excited about just our journey ahead of us and all the the great ideas that we have coming for you ladies but kind of the rundown of of the steps of everything that's kind of happened and here we are (laughs) and um now with this platform with bridge patrol it's uh, a completely different audience than what the western hunting hub podcast is obviously it's a women's clothing line and so my focus now is trying to help educate and motivate and inspire and be that sounding board for other women out there who may be struggling with their confidence getting out into into the wild and hunting and et cetera. Um, but yeah, so the rundown of what I've got going on. Yeah, so we've got Rich Patrol. We have What's Your Wild, which is a... Mm-hmm new podcast, but also your blog, um, mm-hmm. and then your photography wrapped up in that as well. And then yeah, still- so what's your wild is, uh, it's basically my 
personal life that's connected to Ridge Patrol. So the yeah. podcast is on there. My blog, you know, the blog is mostly focused on hunting and mental health. Uh, so it all kind of connects together. Yep. And then still a little connection to Rocky Mountain Sportswomen, I'm assuming. Yep, absolutely. I, um, I'm i just not living in Steamboat anymore, so won't be making it to most of their events, but I am still an ambassador for them. And we do have a women's mule deer clinic coming up August 14th in Rifle at the Ute Theater. Really excited for this. Rocky Mountain Sportswoman and Muley Fanatic are the sponsors of this. It is an entire day of speakers coming in, going from zero to hero, essentially, on pursuing mule deer, a lot about conservation and public land and information on that. We're going to have local vendors there that will have anything from knives to apparel to information, just people there that uh, the ladies that are attending the clinic can talk to. There'll be a full catered lunch. We're going to have live music in the evening. I'm not exactly sure where it's at, but it's going to be in town at Rifle. You'll get a drink coupon. We're going to have a live band there. So that way, after a day full of information, these women will be able to gather and just hang out on more of a personal level and try and build up that community a little bit more in the western part of Colorado. So if that's something that interests you, ladies, you can head on over to the theater.com. It is August 14th. If you just go to their search button and search Mule Deer Clinic, it'll pop right up. It's $100 for the day, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Really excited to see all you guys there. Rich Patrol will have a booth there. Onyx Maps is donating three elite memberships for a year, and the first 25 people to sign up will automatically be entered into winning one of those elite memberships. So it's going to be a great day. I'm excited for that. Well, um, I, I think this is a exciting and a great way to, to organize all of these things. You were, I know the conversations you and I were having of like, I got this, 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 I don't know how they fit together. Mm-hmm. I think that's all coming to fruition here. So it's all coming to fruition. Uh, you know, still some more steps I've got to take, uh, to kind of finalize some things, but just like I said, this through this whole time, just really trying to trust the process and, when you put things out there and really focus on things you are passionate about, they will come around. It just does take some time. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm thinking alpha still a little bit now and I, uh, I really like to do a lot of my interviews over the phone. I haven't done a lot of in-person ones just because I am semi that awkward individual, <laughs> that that struggles with that, um, whereas you probably excel with those in person. Um, so, force me. We should do an episode during Alpha talking gameplay there, and uh, let's do one on site. I think that would be a kind of a fun thing to do there. And I'm sure Phil at No Limits Archery would really appreciate a little episode on his event. Um, but couple of things make sure you pack a cooler loaded with water and drinks and whatever so you got good cold mm-hmm. stuff there um i will make sure i bring a a tent because having a nice shaded tent and you gotta i gotta make sure i nab a spot nice and early i always go and do that friday night make sure i get a spot and then a uh um 
I'm bringing my recurve. I'm going to actually do a shoot with my recurve and my compound. So I'm doubling up this year. A little nervous about that. Uh, the goal with the recurve is to hit foam. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> as don't, long as you hit foam, you'll be good. Yeah. I know, I know if you miss, it's a better score uh, or less time deduction because then you're not wounding. Yeah. But uh, zeros are expensive. So <laughs> I almost yeah. just rather hit foam and let my time be kind of big. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. there's a, And then also you got to have something – place to put your bow because everybody's got bows and you can't set them in chairs can't do that so what we always like to do take little short bungees and hang them from the uh from the canopy and then you got to place your your bow so there's a little three even if this shoot is not something you any of you guys do there's a little 3d shoot tip if there's a place to set up a tent bring a little bungee and you can hook your bow and and it's out of the way not gonna get stepped on and uh but yeah you're probably gonna need your I don't like to bring a big pack. I like a smaller day pack. Uh, the big pack mm-hmm. is just a little bulky. Yeah. I like to have something a little smaller that I can move in. Because you only, you only need 15 pounds. I need 25 pounds. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, 20 pounds, 25. I don't know. Yeah, I need a... I don't think I'm going to bring my normal hunting pack. It's just a little bit too big and a little bit too much extra material. Yeah. So I've got to find find something a little bit smaller. I've got a perfect sandbag or a perfect dry bag that I can make a 15 pound sandbag out of. But I'll have to have you send me over uh, a list, a little pro tip list. Yeah. Yeah. I got, uh, yeah. I got new quivers on my bows and I went with the, I didn't go with a tight spot cause it was a little heavy for me, but went with the Hoyt's quiver. So new quiver, I'm dialed in with my compound out to, hundred and plus whatever. So, uh, feeling good there. Now the only thing I got to do is get myself to go for a run. So I'm not hurting on day two. It's like, I can always force myself to do stuff, but I got back issues that I just can't get over and I can't fix it just overnight. So that's my, that's going to be my nemesis in this thing is, is I'll be feeling like a 55 year old man here pretty soon. (laughs) Whatever. Do your do your yoga every day. It'll help. I know. I've been doing uh, not yoga, but I've been doing uh, some inversion table stuff, which helps. But yes, yoga or Pilates mm-hmm. really would help. CBD is also a lovely thing for. Um, I just take a low enough dose, and it just keeps my joints happier and my muscles happier. Keeps everything just a little bit more lucid instead of stiffening up. Hmm. I know nothing about that. Nothing about it. So, uh, all right. We've got a game plan, and uh, all of you uh, should be soon. You can at least listen to Drea. She's got episode one up, and she's got a couple more here ready to go. Just got to be edited and published, but uh, search What's Your Wild on your platform, and if it's not there, it will be over the course of the next few weeks, but Podbean is where you can find that for sure. And uh, Apple Podcasts, hopefully within the next 24 to 48 hours, should be up. Uh, but ever, all the other pl- platforms that this this podcast is on should be uh, getting rolling in that process. So uh, thanks, Dre. I appreciate you helping me out over the last six months on things. You're not going away. You're, you're not departed. No. We're more uh, sister channels now. So yeah. that's, yeah. that's how we're... We're how we're view, viewing that 
and um, we'll keep supporting each other and, and um, going on our hunt this fall. I guess uh, a question maybe that just came to mind, maybe some of the listeners are wondering, are they able to search the Western Hunting Hub podcast? And my page isn't connected to that, correct? They have to search What's Your Wild. Yeah, yeah. You'll have to, we're, we're under the same account on Podbean, but you have your own name and own searchable uh, channel. So that'll be, awesome. yep, there to... Uh, View and see is a almost it is a complete different different podcast. Yeah. So. Cool. I appreciate everything, Clint. Clint's done a great job helping me get set up on the podcast world. He's got it dialed in. Last last year during COVID was when he truly nerded out and got it all figured out. So definitely appreciate you helping me get my platform up and running. And I'm excited to move on as sister partners and do some episodes together alpha will definitely record one when i come there in november to deer hunt so that'd be cool we can get another episode out together then yeah we'd actually be in my office here and do Mm -hmm. do the like what the office is meant for that would be sweet exactly i just got exactly you know i had it all put together and it was beautiful and organized and all that now it's trashed because i had a water leak in my gear room so I've pulled everything out of there. I've got yep. arrows and broadheads and show notes and um, my other side business pieces all over paper, junk. I think I got a title mm-hmm. on my desk here for a vehicle. I got crap everywhere. <laughs> and yep. it's, it's, a, it's a sad thing. There's no even, you couldn't even sit in here. There's no room. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I'll have that oh, cleaned up by no- your water will yeah. be fixed and, uh, <laughs> yeah, that'll be fixed, and uh, and we'll be yeah. ready to chase some mule deer and hills whitetail and whatever mm-hmm. whatever we're kind of feeling that day. Exactly, maybe some upland. Yeah, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Well, uh, um, yeah, I didn't even think about that. You caught me off guard. We'll uh, we'll take the pups out together. Yeah, yeah. There's sharp tail grouse all over, so we can maybe mm-hmm. hit some of that. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be fun. But, alrighty. Well, sounds good. Have a good rest of your Fourth of July. Be safe out there, guys. Thanks, Clint. See you. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. Six eight Western. A mule there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at seven p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.